Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. I have a talk that I was, um, of course, obviously you can guess what the title is, right? Yeah. Here's my question. This, this is what got this whole thing going. Uh, this Sunday, you know, of course, we're, we're in the book of Ephesians and going through there uh, this past Sunday in chapter five, we made this statement. Uh, actually, we didn't make it. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul made it. But God says to imitate him like little children. And I begin to think about that. Because when it comes to the things of God, and we see statements like this, uh, just exactly how much of who God is or what he does are we supposed to imitate? Now, now that's the good church answer, is all of it. And it is the right answer, but let's be real for a second. How many of us are doing that, Right? So I want to I kind of unpack this tonight. So let's pray and we'll dig right in. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. And so tonight, Holy Spirit, as we dig into these, these, these truths about imitating you, speak to our spirits tonight. Open the, the eyes of our soul that we can not only see the truth, but be able to receive it and become doers of it. For your glory, Jesus, in your precious name, amen. So imitating God, you, you think about that. How do we... How are we going to be able to imitate God? Well, the first rule of that is you have to be able to watch God. you got to be able to see him. You've got to be able to follow him. The thing I like about that statement in Ephesians 5, it says imitate God like little children. And, and I think this is a key point. The, the Gospel of Mark chapter 10, uh, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter in. When you watch children, man, there is, there is this degree of innocence in their life. There is this humble dependence that they just believe what you tell them, Right? I mean, when you tell kids about God, they believe it. They don't have all the junk that they have to filter through. They just believe, okay. And they have this crazy radical faith. And I, I think one of the things, because you understand, and you've heard me say this many times, more things are caught than taught. See, well, I, you know, we can do Bible lessons and sermons, etc. But I'm telling you, and God will, you know, not that God can't speak to our hearts in a sermon. Absolutely, I think that's part of the gospel and, the, and why he gave pastors to churches is in the words of, uh, you know, when Peter was talking to Jesus, he said, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, well, Lord, you know. And he said, then feed my sheep. See, my job is to feed you something spiritually that will provoke you to Monday through Saturday, dig into that book so that revelation will come to you, so that you can watch, that you can follow, you can see how God, you can see how Jesus does things. Because if you want to see God in action on the planet, you watch Jesus. That's what he said. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So with that in mind, the question that started this talk is this. Just exactly what do you believe? What do I believe? 
I think we have to self-evaluate for a minute because there are some things that we're going to get into tonight that really make, that I know it did me as I was putting the talk together, so I'm, I'm sure that it will, will you if you have a desire to dig into the things of God a little further, to actually be able to imitate God. Isn't that a radical statement? I mean, you think about it, imitate God. I mean, God did some crazy stuff, didn't he? You know, the whole Red Sea thing. Now, now listen, he didn't say imitate God with the exception of these great things. That, that, no, no. So can we? Can we do crazy stuff like that? Now, listen, a lot of religious people, they'll, they'll shut you down. Right? Oh, no, that was all God. Well, I am God's son. You are God's daughter. Now, I know, parents, as our children, remember childlike faith? As our children are growing, we want them to follow our example, right? In some things. I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, there's, there, I'm sure there's certain things that we do that you, you were wishing. Man, I wish that they weren't in the room when I did that or said that, right? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> because more things are caught than taught. But, you know, did he really mean that we could imitate him the way we watch him and see him do things? See, not only does the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul tell us to imitate God in the book of Ephesians, in Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, he says this, you imitate me as I imitate him. So Paul, as their shepherd on the planet, is saying, hey guys, I know Jesus isn't here anymore. He's moved to heaven. But you have to understand, during this time in history, Jesus had just left the planet. You ever take the time to think about that? I know some of you think, man, I wish I was, I wish I was on the planet when Jesus was. Do you really? Because they would be hunting you down, trying to put you in prison, persecuting you, try to kill you. Not to mention there was no air conditioning or heat. <laughs> yeah, no running water. They didn't have a video screen. Just think what Paul could have done if he had a jet. Right? And so I know it's cool to say, man, I wish I would have been there with Jesus. I don't know. I like being with Jesus now. You know, I'm glad that I was born in this time. I think God knew what he was doing. And so Paul said, you watch me. And so as your pastor, I have to be careful when I make statements like that because I don't do everything right. Right, honey? <laughs> wow. She was quick on that one, wasn't she? Man. So, yes, I want to lead by example, but I don't always do things right. And so I don't know if I'm at the place where the Apostle Paul is, you imitate me like I imitate Christ. Now, in some things, yeah, I want, to, I want to boldly say that. But in other things, I'm still the clay on the potter's wheel, just like all of us, right? See, Jesus made statements like this. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he says this. He said, I came from heaven to do the will of the Father who sent me. So when you watch Jesus, you see the Father. And he said, when you see me, the things I do, I'm doing the will of the Father who sent me. And then in Matthew chapter 28, this is one of the key texts that we want to look into tonight. Of course, most of you all know that that is the Great Commission. But I love how the Message Bible paraphrases these few scriptures. Listen to this, chapter 28, verse 18. Now, understand, Jesus has been crucified, and he's risen from the grave. I know in, in our culture today, in the church world, in America, well, that's just cool, man. Yeah, we, we all know Jesus is risen from the dead, yes. 
But if you walked with him for three years and then you watched him die on the cross, and even though he told all of them, Cody, I'm coming back in three days, well, they still didn't, a bunch of them still didn't believe it. And so he is back alive now on the planet, and he's giving them some of their final instructions before he leaves forever. And he says this, Jesus told his disciples, God authorized me and commanded, say commanded. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Now this word commission, here's what it means. It means to impart with authority, with supervisory responsibility. In other words, God commanded me to put you in charge. And I'm sure James and John was like, that's right. Huh? Yeah, right? You have to understand, most of us, at some point, we've got, to, we've got to transition from our religious way of thinking and put ourselves in this situation today. But Well, let me continue reading. Jesus said, God has authorized and commanded me to commission you. So go out, watch this carefully, and train everyone you meet in this way of life. Train them in what way of life? Everything Jesus showed them. Everything? What about the water walking part? Huh? What about the speaking to a tree? You know, Jesus talked to stuff. What, what about that part? Train everyone you meet in this way of life, marking them with baptism in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then you instruct them in the practice of all that I've commanded you. And then he says this, and I'll be with you day after day right up to the end. But these are bold statements that he's telling these disciples. You go train everybody else exactly the way I trained you. You tell them, you teach them to practice all that I've commanded you. And so after accepting this truth about Jesus, probably the next biggest thing that we've got to get settled is this. Do we believe that stuff? Do you honestly believe that you've been commissioned today to do the things that Jesus taught the first disciples? Because, see, the, the word disciple didn't change from Jesus' day to now. Y'all know that, right? Because a lot of the church world doesn't know that. They think discipleship over the years has changed and things went away with certain groups and certain you know, people God did special things through, but not now because he had to get the church off the ground. So he did these special things. To, where is the special thing Scripture? See, at the end of the day, what we have to do is make our mind up about the Bible being the Word of God for us today. I cannot tell you the number of people that I talk to, they have this, they have this religious idea about the Bible, Jack. Oh, yeah, the Bible, yeah, it's this book. And, they, and, and, and in their mind, and maybe this is you tonight, you reverence the book per, per se, it's God's Word. But I was listening to one of my uh, teachers the other day, and he was at a, a lady's house, and, and they were just uh, sharing some things about God, and, and she had brought him a cup of tea, and he set the cup of tea on the Bible on the coffee table. And she freaked out. And he said when he picked the Bible up, there was a dust, he, the, the coffee cup messed up the dust on the Bible. See, she had this thing in her mind about this reverent idea about what the book is, but it obviously with the dust on it had never been touched, had no clue, had this religious concept. Yeah, it's, it's the word of God. No, you need to change that. 
It needs to be God talking to you today. See, I, I, I've heard this said many times. Brother Hagin used to tell us this. Why, does, why would God need to give you a new revelation when you're not even doing the stuff he, he wrote in the book? God, send, send me a message. <laughs> and you get silence. Because the book has so much in it that we take so lightly today. The Word of God is powerful. And it comes down to this. It's up to us actually believing that it is God speaking to us. You know the thing about believing at the end of the day? It's really just the decision you make. You see, I as your pastor, I choose to believe the Bible. Even the parts I don't like. Now, I know some of you don't want to say anything like that, but let's be real. There's parts of, there's parts of the Bible we don't like. You know, I'm doing my one-year Bible right now. I'm in Leviticus. Yeah. You talking about some jacked up stuff, man. Wow. Thank God for Jesus coming. Yeah. Because, you know, the Bible makes it very clear. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesian church, he makes it very clear that Jesus did away with all the legalisms and the laws and obligations. Now our life is in him. So... You know, when we start to understand the, the, the things of, of the Bible, that they are God speaking to us, the first thing you've got to really get settled is this. The Bible is a spiritual book. Now, I know it contains history, but it's not a history book. It is a spiritual book. You have to get this settled right out of the gate. It is 100% spiritual. <clears throat> That's why the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he says, that until you're born again, the things of God's word won't even make sense to you. He actually uses this term. He says, they are foolishness to those people who are perishing. You know, when, when, you, when you don't have your spirit born again, there'll be, it'll just be information. It will never be revelation. But by design, when God's created, when we, when we make room for his word, God's word begins to produce faith when we yield to it. And faith is what we believe. It's actually a, a, a layer extra. It's not just believing. It's acting on what you believe. Real faith, according to the Apostle James, unless you have action, a corresponding response to your faith, your faith is useless. And something that's important that we have to remember, according to Peter, Peter tells us that God's word is in the form of seed, incorruptible seed. And everything about God's kingdom works this way. Throughout the, the time that Jesus was on the planet, he was teaching about the kingdom of heaven. And, and repeatedly, they would ask him about it. And he said, well, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's as if a man would sow a seed. The Bible says this in the book of Luke, that God's word is the seed. Mark says that we sow the word into someone's life. And so the first thing that I want to get established tonight, and, you know, and I'm, I'm going to lay much foundation for this, but we have to get this issue settled, that the Bible is God talking to us. And let, let me suggest this, and I, because I, I know I recommend, you know, the one-year Bible, you know, those types of disciplines just to help in your development and, and growth in, in your own uh, study time. But it would, it would be much better for a Christian, instead of trying to see how much you can read, take one thing. This is why I tell people, I tell young people all the time, if you really want to change your life for Jesus, set up camp in the book of Ephesians. 
and stay there for a couple months. Because, but here, here, here's what your flesh, here's what your carnal nature does. Because man, humanity, Paul says that our, our carnal nature wars against spiritual stuff. It will fight you. Plus, there is a real enemy that will love to keep you distracted from spending time with God's word. And what will happen is you'll get into Ephesians because you've been into it like we're in it right now. And that's your homework is you're, you're, you're spending time in Ephesians. And here we're, I think Sunday we're going into something like part five of it. So now we're at the place, if you're, if you're doing your homework, you've read that and now you say, oh yeah, I know what that is. And you skip it. Oh, you don't do that? <laughs> okay. Just me. Right. Yeah. Don't do that. Remember, the Bible is spiritual. And it's not information, it's revelation that will get in your spirit, and it transforms your soul. And when that happens, you're no longer just, you know, yielding to things of the human nature. Now you're walking in the spirit. But it starts with this foundational truth that you have to acknowledge and accept that your Bible, the Word of God, is God speaking to you in the 21st century. Right now, in 2022, right? I'm still a little disappointed. I thought for sure we would have Jetson cars by now. I really did. When I was a little kid, I thought, how many of you watch the Jetsons? I mean, that was one of my favorite cartoons, man. I thought, well, surely by 2022, we'll have, we'll have flying cars. Come on, Elon Musk. Let's get with it, man. <laughs> so the word, listen, the psalmist says it like this. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Your word is a light to my, my path. Your word is sweeter than honey. It is pure as gold. It is forever settled. It is flawless. God's word is. But until it moves past your intelligence and settles down and begins to transfer your soul, that's all it will ever be is information. It will just be this religious book. But as you begin to accept these truths, man, it will start to change you from the inside out. That's the whole point in Romans chapter 12. When you yield to the things of God, there is a transformation that takes place. Y'all okay? Okay. The prophet Isaiah chapter 55 says this, watch this. This is out of the Amplified. I like how the wording is here. Let me set this up because God, God through the prophet Isaiah is saying, as the rain comes down and waters the earth and it doesn't return to heaven, but it stays there and it causes crop to produce fruit. Verse 11, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. God says, my word it will not return to me void, useless, without result, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. When you, you know, I would, if you, if you take these notes home tonight, and you take this one passage and meditate on it, if God told you something, his word will not return void. In other words, his word will do what he said it'll do if you'll stay with it long enough and not quit. <clears throat> but most of us, we do. We quit. We get frustrated. We're waiting on God. And, and because we watch Jesus, and we see things in Jesus' life, and we see things in the Apostle Paul's life, and they just happen. Boom! And then we try it in our life, and it's not there yet. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is like a man sowed a seed. And, the, and Isaiah said that God's word, it will not return. It's like this seed and it will water. Hmm? It will accomplish what God sent it to. So find promises from God's word. 
Get into the book and let it shape how you think. Let it develop your believing. Right in the middle of difficulties, right in the middle of pain and symptoms in your body and situations that aren't going right and you not getting your way, believe God. Those are the times when you need to believe God the most. Listen, we can all be faith giants when everything's going our way. Oh, hallelujah, God's good all the time, all the time God's good, yeah. But what about when you're in one of these storms? Is God good then? Oh, Lord, I sure hope you're coming through for me. No, that's called unbelief right there. And, and the modern-day church in America, we are not open to hearing unbelief. We're not open to hearing criticism. Hmm? That's verbal abuse. I'm posting on social media about you. Wow, are you for real right now? And no wonder you can't walk in, 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 in the fullness of God in any way. It's this word that shapes us. Paul says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, all scripture. How much would that be? Are y'all ready? ready for this? Even Leviticus. <laughs> all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. How many of you think you need some instruction in righteousness? Absolutely. This is what the scriptures are for. Why? So that the man or the woman of God can be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, when you allow the word of God to develop you, you will be equipped for every good work. God will be able to use you in any given situation. And here's the thing. So often we think, man, well, I, 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 I wish I had me some stuff ready. I got to talk to one of my coworkers tomorrow. Stop doing that. You are ready. If you're, spending, if you're spending time in the Word, remember a couple Sundays ago, we talked about rivers of living water flowing out of us. Yeah, you have the Holy Spirit of God inside you, and He will bring things to your remembrance when they need to be brought. I've, I've said this many times. There, there's been so many occasions as a pastor that I've wanted to put people in their place by using the Word of God. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, where is that Scripture at now? Because I could, I mean, I could, I, could, I could get them right and blank. My heart's wrong. My mode is wrong. But when you're available to the Holy Spirit to be led to minister to somebody, man, it'll flow out of you. You're like, man, where is that coming from? That's the Spirit of God. That's how it works. But now here's the thing. Jesus said, I'll bring all things to your remembrance that I told you. But if you never spend any time in the Word to hear him say something, he doesn't have anything to bring to your remembrance because it's not there. You got me? Yeah. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, all the promises. The, if you ever take your time and notice, there are certain scriptures, when they use words like all, what do you do with that? It, that's not, there's nothing great about all. He said all the promises. That lets me know I'm finding promises. I'm going through the book and I'm finding promises. Because all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes, and in him, so be it. So if you're in Christ, and Christ, you know, we've been talking about this on Sundays, right? If you're in him and he's in you and all his promises are yes in him and you're in him and his promises are in him and they're yes in him, then in him you got a yes and amen. So what if you got the yes and amen and you step out on it and you begin to speak to that mountain and that mountain pushes back? Oh, God, I was really believing you. Mm -mm, no faith there. Get it settled. 
Thank you, Lord. In that same passage in Mark, he just reminded me because that, you know, in verse 23, you speak to your mouth. But in verse 24, he says, you got to believe when you pray. I think one of the biggest things we do in, in our church today, because we are, we live in overload with information. And we think because we've got some information, we're in faith. Information isn't faith. See, faith is this fixed expectation. You know you got it. It's this, it's this God-ordained trust that's been imparted to you. And when the revelation comes off the page, it's no longer, I hope so, I know so. And then when the mountain pushes back, when the pain doesn't go away, when the symptom is still there, you haven't done all the stand, you get right back up in his face and say, no, you don't. And then you stand your ground and you, you fight the good fight of faith. You don't just wish God would do a miracle. God does do miracles, but God wants his children at a place where we're walking in the spirit. We're walking in the blessings, in the promises of God. Because all the promises, all of them, they're what? Maybe, if it's God's will. Come on, you got, what's it say? They're yes. So back to our original question. Exactly what do you believe? Do you believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit inside you, you can do all things through Christ Jesus? Do you believe that all of your needs are met according to his riches and glory? Do you believe the Great Commission where Jesus said, you go teach everybody you meet to do everything I taught you to do? Do you believe that? Or do you think like millions of Christians, yeah, but that was one of the 12. Surely you still don't believe that junk, do you? You've been around me too long for that. There is no that's one of the 12. Matter of fact, it went to 11 real quick. Remember that? So obviously, but now listen, even, even, even Judas, he did the things of God until he didn't. Okay? <clears throat> so what is it? That's the thing that I want you walking away tonight, digging into the Word. Ask yourself, ask the Holy Spirit, what do I actually believe? And see, when you get into the Word and you find these promises. See, I'm introducing our talk this way tonight because if God is expecting us to imitate him, if Jesus is expecting us to follow his example, to do the things he did, then when I look at the life of Jesus, here's my, Derek, here's my question. Where is all the healing today? Where is it? You ever thought about that? Because there's a, lot of, there, there's a lot of different opinion and philosophy. And then there's the book. And, and I know, I, I mean, I, I, can, I, can, I can already sense it right now in my spirit. Yeah, but you don't understand what I'm going through. I have, loved, I have a loved one. It was a, she was a wonderful saint of God, and she lives in heaven now. I do, too. That's right, Jack. And they love God with all their heart. And there will be times we may lose battles, but that doesn't change the word. And every time we do that, we discredit the blood of Jesus. Because, uh, I say this with all due respect, because of our ignorance and unbelief. See, I want you to understand something. As we dig into this tonight, the reason I, I've given you that foundation is because as we begin, and every time I talk about healing, it becomes this sensitive subject with the body of Christ. Well, I don't know about that. That's why I'm talking about it. Yeah. 
I mean, seriously, guys, think about this. If Jesus told us to follow him, if he told his disciples, the 12 that everybody wants to build up, if he told them to train everybody else they meet to do everything he taught them to do, what happened? Is it their fault? Just exactly what do you believe? If Jesus told us to follow him, to do what he did, if his word is forever settled, if his word enlightens our path, then what's his word enlightening us our path to do? What's, it, what's that path look like? If we're honestly supposed to imitate him, then what's up? Where is the healings today? See, for me in my house, I blame me because I don't teach on it enough. And the reason I don't is because I struggle with it. And it's, and it's my fault. I got to get over it, you know, because I know people choke on it. But at least you're not trying to stone me like they did Paul for preaching what God gave him to preach, you know. It's not, it's not that bad. So, so, let, so let me ask you this tonight. When it comes to the subject of healing, say healing. healing. Say God's a healer. All right, so let me ask you this. Could our believing have anything to do with it? I think we underestimate the power of what belief really is. I think at the end of the day, and, and, and you know, because once again, I, I know that we all have saints and loved ones that we know and are close to us and they know they, they were in faith. They were in faith. I had someone last year, I was doing a series on healing and, and they went through a, a traumatic thing with their body and, and, you know, I mean, the doctors and God healed them, but they didn't get perfect results. And they left the church because they didn't agree with me. Because I, I said that our faith has something to do with it. And they said, oh, no, I know I was believing. We have to be careful with that, you all. We were believing to the extent that we can believe. I respect that. But to put it back, so because, because that approach is if you were believing, then God is not telling the truth. That's right, Jack. So we have to have this foundation of the book. See, anything that I'm talking about tonight, if you disagree with it, then by all means, prove me wrong. I beg of thee. <laughs> prove me wrong. I'm okay with that. If you could show me where Jesus stopped healing. Wait, Jack, his name is the Lord thy God. Who I am the Lord healer. His redemptive name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who used to heal. No, guys. Yeah. Let me, let me take it a step further. Not only, not only does our believing have something to do with it, what about the power of unbelief? Let me show you something here. In Jesus' own hometown, in the Gospel of Mark, when you go look at this account, the Bible says that he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief, except heal a few people. So in Jesus' mind, in Mark, healing's not even considered a mighty work because he still did some healing there, but he couldn't do any mighty things. And then Mark 6, it says this, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And then, right after that, the Bible says, and then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. What's the cure for unbelief? What we're doing right now. We have to talk about this subject. 
And I'm telling you, over the years, I've been, I've been scared of it. A lot of preacher friends that I know, they're scared of it. Some church denominations that I have pastor friends in, they're not even allowed to preach on it. Hmm. That's good. Here's the thing. Not only does our mind need to be renewed to these things, We've got, to, we've got to subject God's word or our hearts to God's word to such a, degree, such a degree that his word, we embrace the fact that it's this spiritual force that will develop faith in our life. See, faith without some kind of action, though, is useless. Y'all okay? All right. I know this is kind of heavy. You know, when I put these talks together, I'm like, man, you sure, Lord? Listen to the book of Colossians chapter 2. As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. So how'd you receive him? Did anybody in here earn it? Was anybody good enough to get it? No. Only, only one way you received Jesus. You believed something and you acted on it. You believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth, according to the book of Romans, that Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the grave. As you have received Christ, so you receive Christ by faith. So the same way you received him, you live in him. The Amplified takes it a step further and says this, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say. Reflecting his character in the things you do and say. Therefore, we walk by faith, not by sight. Because some of the things that Jesus will ask us to do will not make sense to us. Some of the things that you're believing for, you may not see an instant result. Because remember, the kingdom of heaven is like a man sowed a seed. And if the seed of the word of God is inside you working, then it might be working, but you haven't seen the result yet. See, here's the deal, guys. There's only one way to receive Christ, and that's by grace through faith. So you got to believe this stuff. So back to our original question, exactly what? Do you believe? What do I believe? What do we believe when it comes to this specific subject of healing? Do you believe that God still heals today? I sure hope so. No. It's not how it works. Can a person's faith have anything to do with God's healing power? Yeah. You, you, you believe that? It's, it's about the same way as can a person's faith have anything to do with God's saving power, right? I mean, you have to believe to receive your salvation. And for some reason, we've concluded that these two spiritual realities are different, salvation and healing. But if you actually study the word of salvation, healing is in it. Yeah. When you look at what Jesus accomplished at the cross, why do you all, come on guys. Why do you all think he went to the whipping post? Now, uh, Jack, a lot, of the, a lot of theologians, they teach that that was Roman tradition. Before you were crucified, you had to be scourged. You had to be beaten. And that is true. That, that if you study history, that is what took place. But listen, this is the Son of God. If it was all about just saving us, he could have just scheduled an appointment one day and went to the cross as the lamb slain. But for, but for some reason, he, uh, he went to the whipping post and allowed them to beat him beyond recognition. 
Why? That's right. The prophet Isaiah makes it very clear. that Isaiah saw into the future and saw what took place there. And he says he did that to bear our sicknesses and diseases. So I think it's our responsibility to talk about this enough that it's a reality in our life. You okay with that? See, you think about this for a second. We pray for healing, but symptoms still exist. So we assume it to be different than salvation. That's right, Jack. Hey, guys, let's not kid ourselves here. I mean, think about it for a second. If we went by that philosophy that, that, well, I prayed for healing and I don't see any different. I don't, the pain's still here. Well, let's just look at your salvation for a second. You prayed for your salvation and you believed that you're saved. But can we, can we be honest? There are, there are days you don't feel saved. There's they definitely some days you ain't acting saved. Huh? Days you don't look saved. So you can't go by that approach. You have to believe that you're saved on the other side of your biggest failure, your biggest sin. You still have to believe that it is by the blood of Jesus that I'm born again. And that same approach through faith, it is by the stripes of Jesus. That's why the apostle Peter writing to the New Testament church, he's looking back at the cross in Matthew, uh, in Matthew 8, I think it is, it says that Matthew 8 quotes Isaiah 53 where he, where he says that he took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and by your stripes you are healed. Well, Peter, looking back at the cross, says the same thing except he says you were healed. So if I were healed, I is healed. <laughs> but my body may not be there yet because the kingdom of heaven is like a seed. And so often we sow the seed of healing into our body and we believe, but then all of a sudden the symptom pushes back, the sickness pushes back, and we give in. You still okay? <clears throat> so once again, <clears throat> exactly what do we believe? I think, I think maybe we should <clears throat> take it a step further. Not only is it what we believe, but does what we believe line up with God's word? See, this is why you got to find those promises. You see, by design, this is the way God made humanity. This is why the power of the gospel is, is, is the most wonderful thing. This is what Paul talks about in the book of Romans. He said, it is the gospel, the, the power of the gospel that leads men to salvation. The, it, you know, there be, there may, you may have a coworker or a family member. They won't know anything about the Bible, but you go preach the gospel to them. And all of a sudden, because they, every human, every human, I know some of them may act like a demon, but every human is made by God. And when you preach the gospel to them, because, because they're, they're built this way, there's something that, that will draw that. And they'll give their life to Jesus. They won't know anything about God. They won't, I mean, listen, that was me. On Saturday night, I was in my favorite bar. And then Sunday night, I was in heaven. I was born again. How's that work? The power of the gospel. Yeah. See, by design, we're built to believe this way. And it has everything to do with the realities of our new world that we're born into. But it also means that, you know, it, unbelief can, can really have a major effect in our life. 
Remember Jesus in his home hometown? He couldn't do anything. I'm talking about Jesus. I know a lot of people think, well, yeah, but that was Jesus. He could do what he wanted. Not that day. No. Believing has something to do with all this. You know, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus asked the blind man that was brought to him, do you believe I'm able to do this? And then when you follow the story on, because he said, yeah, and then he got his healing. And then on down at the end of the passage, Jesus said this. He told him, so according to your faith, it was done to you. When you look at the uh, Bartimaeus, that's another one that uh, I was thinking about this afternoon. Uh, you remember blind Bartimaeus? He was on the street side begging. And Jesus went by. And when he heard that it was Jesus, he started yelling out. Son of David, have mercy on me. Where did he get that from? He obviously had heard somebody preach something, right? And so he's yelling out. And everybody around him, shut up, man. Shh. Because he's a blind beggar on the street. Shh. This is the Messiah. Be quiet. Well, he got loud. Huh? See something? Just maybe some of y'all, you might need to get a little loud. Now, I'm not talking about the music getting loud, Derek. All right? And I'm not saying that you need to draw attention to yourself, per se, at the break room tomorrow afternoon. But this blind Bartimaeus, he had obviously gotten a revelation about something. And when Jesus was coming by, he's like, Jesus! And finally, Jesus stopped. And so when Jesus stopped, you need to go read the story. It's in Mark 9. It's really cool because they tell him to shut up. Don't bother him. And then, but he keeps yelling, and then Jesus stops. And when, they, when Jesus stops, they go back like, hey, man, cheer up. My man, he stopped. Because I can could, I could picture these guys telling me, Jesus, and, the, and Barnabas is like, well, the Bible says he took, he took his robe off, his cloak off. Well, you know, there were tra certain traditions in that time when you were handicapped and you were beggars. You had certain things that designated that to people when they walked down the street. He, he says he threw that stuff off, man, and jumped up. Yeah. And God told him. Jesus told him, your faith healed you. Now, Bartimaeus, a dude that's not even born again, if his faith can heal him, I submit to you tonight, our faith can heal us. Well, I've been trying it. Well, then don't quit. See, you may not have a full, you understand now, this is, this is twofold. This is where I have to press in more myself because Jesus was the anointed healer on the planet. Now, the, where does Jesus live today? Now, Jesus, the man, son of man, Jesus, lives in heaven. But the Christ, the anointed one, cow, in us. It's a pretty cool thing when you take the time. See, this is why Joshua 1.8 is so vital to Christians. It's, you you got to get Joshua 1.8 settled. You got to meditate in it day and night. Meditate in it day and night. You got to talk it. That word meditate, it doesn't just mean to sit in some kind of weird lotus position, you know, like, um, that's not what he's talking about. That's, that's American junk. You talk it out. Meditate in it day and night that you can observe to do all that's written in it, then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you will have success. Does that mean success in healing? In, in anything. 
All the promises of God in him are yes and so be it. And so we have to come to the place that we start changing the way we think as far as our approach to this subject. See, Jesus has come to live in us now. He has given us his spirit. And I think it's important for us, I think maybe Jesus is just asking us, just in a different way, but the same thing he asked the blind guy. You believe I'm able to do this? See, if you're here tonight, and you're, you have symptoms, you're fighting different things in your body, do you believe Jesus can heal you? Now, Jack, don't be getting ahead of myself now. There is truth in what Jack said. There is a covenant that, uh, that has already been established, but we, we got to get to that because the kingdom of heaven is like a seed. See, some of us, we think because we've been in church half our life, we, we know all about healing. Really? I know a lot about it, and I, I still have issues. I, I'm, I'm dealing with allergy junk right now. But Paula told me before sermon, she said, it was probably all that cheese on that lasagna you had. You know, what do you, you do with that? It probably was the cheese, you know, because I don't have the problem on Sunday mornings, but on Wednesday nights. And so I understand fight, fighting symptoms. Well, God, I'm, you're the healer. What's going on? Well, he's not going to make you get healed any more than he's going to make you get saved. You got to get this, you all. See, if we're told to imitate him, if we're called to follow him, Everywhere he went, he healed people. So what are, you know, what are we supposed to do with that today? Yeah, we got, we got to, we've got to sit at his feet long enough. We've got to Joshua 1-8 it long enough. See, according to the book of Romans, if we have to believe and confess to be saved, just maybe believing and confessing has something to do with healing. Just maybe. See, I, 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 and, and I'll leave you with this tonight. I cannot overemphasize the importance of speaking God's word in situations. See, when you say what your father says about you, his word goes to work in you. His word is living spiritual reality. And I know we won't instant because we watch Jesus and Jesus is, is instant. But Jesus was the fullness of the kingdom of heaven in manifestation. You ain't. Not that we can't grow to that because he said the kingdom of heaven is like a seed. And, and, and you know, we'll get into this a little later on. Cody's going to be talking about the seed big time in his sermon. Cody's preaching in a couple of Wednesdays. Y'all definitely need to be here for my man. Yeah. But he sent me a sermon today, and I'm like, dang, Cody, that's, that's good stuff. He's talking about the seed and how it works, so I'm going to leave all that, let Cody break it down for you, all right? But for us tonight, for us tonight, understanding th th this principle that God is still the same today, Hebrew says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what you know one of the things Leviticus says? I am the Lord. I do not change. So if God ever was healer, and in the book of Exodus, he says, I am the Lord who heals you. I'm not the Lord who will heal you someday. I'm the, I am 
present tense, the Lord healer. Yeah. Jesus took sickness and disease at the whipping post for us. So, like he told the blind guy, you believe I can do this? Let me ask you this. I got to get you out of here. What if the blind guy said, I don't know, man. Listen, but a lot of people don't want to hear that. Oh, no, I'm a good Christian, brother. It wasn't my fault. It was Jesus' fault. Huh? I think, I think we have to reevaluate some of that. So if you're here tonight and you have symptoms in your body, I want you leaving here tonight with this assurance. And I want you leaving here with, with this knowing that you need to start speaking the word of God over your situation. Not just every now and then. Man, I, I made this uh, word of God. What's that card called? Uh, God's word is medicine card. If you don't have one, you need to get it. Now, let, let me say this. I'm not saying just because you say something over and over, it's going to happen. That's not, I'm, that's not some magic thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a transformation that takes place inside you because the word of God is seed. And when you start speaking this thing, I got mine on my refrigerator. I speak to my body every day. Every day. This stuff works, man. Well, then why aren't you healed of everything? Because I'm still growing in it, just like you. So don't get frustrated when you're stepping out and believing God and you don't see instant results because you're, you know, like you did with Jesus. Well, we're not Jesus yet, but we're growing in it. Amen? Amen. So let me pray with you tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, just like with Peter, such as I have, I give out tonight. And so tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I loose healing to manifest in everybody in this room, those listening and watching. You are still the healer, Lord. We trust you. We actually do believe that your healing power is working in our bodies right now. We receive it by faith. We decree it to be so. And we give you the honor for it, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. God bless you guys. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.